Hey, 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 welcome to episode number 12 of the R Strong Podcast. We are back with another episode breaking down another movement of our foundational movements series. On episode number 11, we broke down squats. Today, we're going to move on to the hinge, which is one that's commonly messed up a lot, and we'll get, it, we'll get into that. But guys, I'm really excited. I don't know. I'm just pumped up today. I'm, I'm excited to some of the stuff coming along with R Strong that we've already released with Team R Strong. It's been exciting. We're a week and a half in with our programming, and uh, we got some people on it that are doing <laughs> really good things already, which is really cool to see. And you know, and we got some other really exciting things coming in 2021, which not at the liberty to talk about right now, but I'm excited to keep working on it and, and keep pushing forward here. So I wasn't planning on doing a podcast today. I'm kind of crunched for time. Super busy here, guys. Super busy. I'm just the most you know, busiest person in the world. And sarcasm. If you haven't picked up on my sarcastic tone yet, that's it sarcastic in my head but i just want to make sure that you're getting that uh i'm not that busy but uh, i do have some stuff coming today i gotta pick up the kids here in a little bit so uh but i wasn't in a really good mood so let's let's knock out a podcast and it is our hinge episode i want to kind of follow the same format that we did with the squats talking number one about the benefits of this hinge pattern so when i talk the hinge pattern let's first define that it's it's a just a touch and knee flexion and a lot of hip flexion extension. So this is the deadlift pattern, the RDL pattern, the good morning pattern, the pattern that you probably do when you pick up something off the floor. Um, I was literally in the kitchen just a second ago and I reached down to grab the dishwasher door that was flung open. I hinged down to get the bottom of it to close that. That's the kind of pattern I'm talking about is just a slight knee bend and your butt shoots back. That's the hinge. You're just, cause you're kind of kind of hinging at our center point of our body. And that's our hips, our pelvis. That's why it's called a hinge. So the benefits of this, like the squat, it is a total body, big movement. When we do hinges, we develop a lot of uh, strength and power in our, not only our midsection, our, our hamstrings, our glutes, our, our lower body, but our erectors. So that's what kind of gets your body to stand up and it strengthens your low back and it's a total body lift depending on the variation uh, you're doing the hinge with which exercise you're, you're using but from an athletic performance standpoint it is a monster movement pattern and if you can hear that that's our dog barking penelope hopefully she stops fairly soon Okay, back to the episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, there she goes. Um, so with athletic performance, guys, the hinge is everything. The hinge is what powers a lot of athletic movement, sprinting, jumping. You cannot be a strong, powerful, fast athlete without having strong hips. It is the, if you want to call it the moneymaker of sport, is these, this hinge pattern. You see it in all kinds of activity. And from a muscular standpoint, we talk hinge, it really, it's a total body lift. So it kind of, it will strengthen everything, but it really hammers and focuses on kind of backside development. So hamstrings, glutes, these are really taxed during our hinge pattern. So within our programming, 
if you do a lot of squats, squats work all those. And different variations will work different muscles, muscles differently. But you're typically a lot of anterior quad work with our squat pattern. So if we can balance that out with a lot of hinge work, that's going to strengthen our hamstrings and glutes, really develop some balanced strength uh, within our lower body. And from an athletic performance standpoint, this is a big one too. Strong hamstring and glutes are very important as far as injury prevention. Specifically, which is a big one, is ACL injury. So a lot of ACL injury, a not a symptom of it, but sometimes a cause of it. All cases are different, obviously, but a common trend you'll see in ACL injuries is kind of quad dominant athletes. They have a lot of quad strength and their hamstrings and glutes aren't quite strong enough to counteract that, especially as they accelerate. Everybody wants to talk about being fast, but the really good athletes are really fast and they have also a really good ability to slow down and then get fast again. Accelerate, decelerate, and reaccelerate is a very important trait for high achieving athletes. So the hamstring glutes roll in that is when you decelerate the hamstrings kind of counteract that quad that's moving, especially specifically with ACL tears, it kind of pulls your ACL and your tibia, your ACL kind of holds your tibia in place back to keep it from pushing forward. When your hamstring can't do that, doesn't keep that tibia from pushing back. It'll push forward through that ACL and we get an ACL rupture, not to get too far down that train today, but that's not the only thing about ACL tears, but that is a common one. And the hamstring, if you've got strong hamstrings, that's going to be a, a big factor in preventing some of uh, those common type injuries. So I don't know if you need any more benefits than that. Injury prevention, strong hamstrings, glutes, put some muscle mass on your booty, fit better in your jeans. Uh, that's always, those are all good things. So moving on. Characteristics of a solid hinge pattern. This I'm just going to do like when I'm just going to do uh, just a body weight hinge. So I don't have any weights in my hand. Again, the hinge pattern, we could do a barbell deadlift off the floor. We could hold it in our hands and do like an RDL. We could put it on our back and do like a, a good morning. Those are all common hinge patterns in the weight room. But I'm just going to talk about this, what a body weight hinge pattern will look like. And let's start with the feet. Feet are in contact the floor. Like our squats, we want a good tripod foot. So you want to have a balanced heel. I got pressure on my heel, pressure on the ball on my uh, big toe, pressure on the ball of my little toe or pinky toe. And I can feel that good tripod foot. My feet are probably around hip width, maybe a touch wider, and my toes are pointed straight ahead. That's my good setup with my feet. Moving up the chain with my knees. My knees are right over my feet, and I got what we call soft knees. So they're not locked out. They're just slightly bent. Just unlock your knees. That's, that's what we call soft knees. Just unlock the knees slightly. And then everything else is, you know, my shoulders are back, good posture, everywhere else up the chain. All right, now with our descent of our hinge, we want to maintain that tripod foot. We want to maintain those soft knees. All we're going to do is push our hips back. Maintaining the soft knees, maintaining our tripod foot, we're going to push our hips, pat, hips back, maintaining a flat back. We don't want our low back to round or upper body to round, upper body to round down. We're going to maintain a flat back and just push our hips back. So, Something visual you might be able to think about here is if I'm if I got that set up posture, tripod foot, soft knees, um, you know, tall posture. Imagine if someone had 
a string attached to the back of your belt loop, right? Your waist level. And they just pulled that string towards, say they're eight feet behind you. They're just going to pull that string towards you. Imagine what your hips are going to do. Your hips are just going to pull back, right? Your neck's not going to go back or your, your hips are going to pull back. That's what a hinge is. It's just your hips pulling back. Your knees aren't bending anymore. None of that business. Your hips are literally just pulling back. And then the end point of a hinge, depending on the lift, depending on the exercise, a common rule is kind of when you feel those hamstrings really start to stretch and grab, that's probably good enough end range. And then boom, snap forward. That's the hinge. It's pretty simple, but a very commonly mistaken or commonly mistaken, ex executed, terribly worded phrase there. Uh, commonly not executed correctly. Bingo, nailed it. Okay. That's what we want out of our hinge. Soft knees, push hips back, snap them forward. And I say snap when I, I, I say that because with our athletes, I always, every time we come forward through the hips, I want the hips to come forward fast because that's what we do in athletics. And even if you're not an athlete, it'd be a good habit to have is just come forward quickly with those hips. You kind of want to finish that movement with our glutes squeezed at the top. Our glutes kind of finish that pattern. And we want our glutes to finish that with a good squeeze. Like you're trying to squeeze your butt cheeks together. Okay. Moving on to common faults. We'll start with the feet again. So if with the squat, what we see a lot is a lot of push forward the, toward the toes or maybe a, a rounded in. I'd say the, what I see most with our athletes with the hinge is actually the toes will come up because the, with our hips shifting back, our center of gravity will likely shift back a little bit, but we still want to maintain that tripod foot guys. Don't let your toes come up during this pattern. We still want to maintain that good tripod foot within our lips. So really focus on the setup, feeling that heel, big toe, little toe, and don't lose those points of pressure as those hips come back. Don't let those toes come up. Moving up to the knees. The knees, common one you see as well is we got our soft knees to start. And as I push my hips back, the knees lock out. I want to maintain the soft knees during the full execution of that range of motion. So, because I want this all to be done through the hip. I don't want range of motion to be done through my knees locking out. I want to maintain that slight knee bend as my hips come back. So don't lock your knees out as you come back. And then on the other side of that is the knees bend too much. So we almost turn our hinge into a squat again. So the main difference between the hinge and our squat is our, our, our knees aren't bending past the soft knee setup with our hinge pattern. So you won't see my knees bending anymore. So a common or a, a something we could do with this is I want you to hinge in front of a wall. So get your setup, you know, your, um, let's set up maybe three inches, your toes, three inches from the wall. So you're, you're set up there. If you unlock your knees, you got your setup and then do your hinge. Your knees shouldn't move. Your knees should maintain after you get that soft knee set up, whatever that relationship is between the front of your knee to the wall, that should be maintained for the most part. Okay, if, it's, if you're increasing that distance, that means you're probably locking your knees out as you hinge. If you're pushing forward towards the wall, okay, you are bending the knees while you hinge. We wanna maintain that relationship between the front of the knee and the wall when we hinge. Uh, just something to give yourself some feedback on your, your relationship with your knees there. All right, so the next cue moving up the chain is not using our hips 
to drive this movement, kind of using the low back. This is the, a, a common fault and a common uh, problem with this movement is we, we see a lot of low back pain from it. But if we're doing this right, we shouldn't see low back pain. We should be getting this out of the hamstring and glute. But a couple things with our setup. So if, maybe you might use a mirror for this one. Um, if you have a duck butt, so a duck butt is if your butt looks like Daffy Duck. So like you kind of, you're moving down from your shoulders, it's a nice straight line. You get to your hips and your butt kind of like balloons out. If you think like your, your pelvis, it's, it's a problem of what's called anterior pelvic tilt. So your hips are supposed to sit level, say level to the floor while you're standing straight. But a lot of people, because they sit too much or whatever reasons, there's probably a handful, their hips kind of tilt forward. So the backside of the hip pushes up. So you can imagine what that does to your butt. Your butt will kind of, kind of hip out. Most Instagram models do this on purpose to make their butt look bigger, but it's not necessarily good for your back. So if you start your hinge with your setup with this big anterior tilt with the duck butt, it's going, you're probably not going to be able to hinge right. And it's probably going to cause your erectors and low back to do that movement instead of getting your pelvis to sit right, which will release the hamstring glutes to do that pattern for you. So what you want to do with this is if you're set up, you're looking in the mirror and you're looking at trying to get ready for this hinge and you can see you got a duck butt going on. What we want to do is almost try to roll our hips underneath, almost kind of want to roll our hips underneath our rib cage and try to get your pelvis back to neutral and then hinge from there. Okay. That's a big one. All right. Another problem is just losing low back stability during this. So you're probably not bracing or maybe you have you know, low backs weak or maybe you're going too far back, but your low back should stay flat as you hinge back. So if you hinge back, you start to see that low back around a little bit. Okay, we wanna cut the range of motion off right there and push back forward and, and try to build strength in this pattern. So this is one of the best ways to fix that or just to build some, I guess, movement knowledge around this. Get like a, I don't know, a four foot long PVC pipe or like a broom stick, something, a rod of some point, of some kind, okay? You're gonna put it behind your head. You're standing tall. You're in your good hinge setup position. And you're gonna put that stick on the, it's gonna go along your back, right down your spine. So you had to touch in the back of your, three points of contact, excuse me, the back of your head, I want that stick to be on the back of the head. So your right hand or your left hand is probably holding it against the back of your head. And then it's going to touch in the middle of your back, kind of between your shoulder blades. And it's going to touch at your low back, right above your waistline. So you got those three points of contact. So your right hand, whichever hand's on top is probably holding against your head and your bottom hand's kind of reached around the other way, holding it against the backside. Now perform your hinge. You need to maintain those three points of contact as you hinge back. If you lose any point of contact with any three of those spots, we see some movement deficiencies there. And number one, we'll talk, we're, we're talking about the low back right now. This is the one I see a lot, is if your low back rounds, that, low, that PVC pipe or broom will come up from the low back. Okay, so if that happened to you, focus on maintaining that low back pressure in to that, your stick while you hinge. That's going to solve a lot of problems for you. It's going to keep your low back protected and safe. Moving up the chain is upper back rounds. We see this a lot um, with, especially as we start to put weights in our hands, 
we start to see the lower back around a little bit. We could use the PVC pipe again, same thing. So if you hinge back and you lose contact with the back of your neck or the upper back during that, okay, you might have an upper back rounding issue. So we wanna think about with our posture, having a proud chest. So we tell our, <clears throat> excuse me, we tell our, uh, some of like our, our, our football guys, like have a chest like you would, like you're walking into the pool, okay, during the summer. Like they walk with broad shoulders, like, you know, proud of themselves they don't walk in slumped down with you know terrible posture we want to have those shoulders back um a proud posture where they're not droop forward and we want to maintain that through the range of motion through this so a common fault we see this will be the last one before we kind of move on and wrap this thing up is especially if there's weights in your hands whether that's barbell uh, barbell or a dumbbell is they'll maintain that upper back stiffness that good posture until the very end of that descent down. Okay. So, we, and then a lot of times it's because they think they need to get the dumbbell to the floor or they just lose the strength to, to maintain that posture. But, <coughs> excuse me, when we hinge, it's not about the upper back achieving range of motion through the upper back. So, we want to just, the upper back's there just to maintain the load, the implement we're using to strengthen the pattern. It's not to achieve range of motion with that load. That range of motion is treat, achieved through the hips. So don't focus on, if you're doing a barbell deadlift or something, don't focus on reaching the barbell to the floor with your upper body. Focus on descending that with your hips and maintaining that good, strong upper body posture. All right, those are my main tips. As far as exercises go, to kind of round this thing out, uh, I kind of named some in the few, a uh, few in the start there, but if you're just starting, this is brand new to you. You don't even know what a hinge is or whatever you're starting to exercise. You start with the PVC pipe exercise I already told you about that three point of contact, soft bend in the knee, just groove that pattern. Start with a hundred reps a day, just focusing on doing that. And then we can add some load to that. Probably the next one I'd go up from there is just a dumbbell, dumbbell, uh, RDL or a dumbbell deadlift. The dumbbells on the floor, I can get set up in that good finished hinge position. And then I start coming up from there. <clears throat> That's a, a great way to practice that position. And then from there, if you have a trap bar, I love trap bar deadlifts for our athletes um, for multiple reasons, but it, it lets you get in a really good hinge position uh, to build strength from. And then you have a barbell deadlift that we could do as well. That's is a touch tougher to get into a good position for compared to a trap bar deadlift or uh, an RDL deadlift, but it's probably my favorite exercise personally. Um, but again, there is some uh, technique. It's a very simple exercise. You just pick something up off the ground, but from a technique standpoint, especially as you go heavy, some stuff you really want to make sure you have the boxes checked to protect your low back, um, which may, that's a uh, episode for another day, which is will be coming down the pipe at some point. Um, and then an exercise we can do to really produce power is kettlebell swings or a dumbbell swing where it's that hinge pattern but we're not focused on moving a heavy load but we're focused on or i talked about with snapping the hips we're focused on snapping your hips end range of that uh you get the end range of that hip hinge excuse me and then boom snap hips forward you get that kettlebell swing and it teaches you some coordination to decelerate as that kettlebell swings down and then re-accelerate that weight which is important and a great finisher, great burner for our hamstring and glutes. And 
uh, with our team, our strong cycle one, that's actually kind of one of our finishers is we do a, a kettlebell swing EMOM, which is, uh, it got to me a little bit yesterday, honestly. Um, but it was good feeling it today. Feeling good. So, all right, guys. Oh, another one, uh, like jumps, broad jump, uh, is like a, it's a hip dominant hinge. It's what it is. Um, to an extent. All right. That wraps up the content for that hinge is extremely important. Do it right. Do it strong to build strong legs, especially hamstrings, glutes, total body strength. Uh, very important. As we wrap this up, as always guys, just some, um, some, excuse me, I got distracted for a second with the dog again. A plug for Team Armstrong. We are, I've already mentioned, I think in our, our I'm really butchering the end of this, excuse me, the <laughs> intro to this. Uh, we are on cycle one, week two of Team Armstrong. Both Farm Strength and Min Max are getting after it. Uh, it's really fun. We got people setting PRs already, already tracking, uh, you know, what they do. We got people, you know, kind of week two builds off of week one. So our goal week two is to, do more or do less or, or whatever that particular thing is do more in less time or do the same in less time or do more weight or whatever it is than we did on cycle one and people are already blown out of the water which i'm really excited about uh we have our first competition saturday my brother smoked me on our hand release push-up competition uh but we're gonna do it again on this saturday which will be fun so if you want to get involved in this visit team Armstrong. <clears throat> a link on all of our social media. There will be a link in the show notes to this as well. Join our community of people getting after it. Uh, guys, our min-max program, that's a, like a beginner to intermediate level program. You do need a kettlebell. You do need probably anywhere from $50 to $150 worth of equipment that you need, would need to invest in. But that is a beginning, a beginner to intermediate program that anybody can hop on, start getting after it, get stronger, get better, be a part of the community. Anybody can get on that, guys. Everybody's, you can do that program. It is so scalable to whatever you think your level is right now. Our farm strength, it's probably a touch more advanced. It's probably an intermediate to advanced, uh, but it can be adapted for if you want it to get uh, to know the barbell a little bit and you never have, it can be adapted for that. And I can kind of um, definitely switch things up for you as well. But uh, two programs launching right now. There'll be more to come. That's part of what 2021 is all about is we'll keep releasing some different performance pathways, but everybody's getting stronger. It's exciting stuff. So if you want to be a part of Team Armstrong, check out our show notes, check out the links on our social media and get registered, get a part of the community. That's it, guys. Until next time, stay strong.